All right, we are warm and cozy once again. And finally, off of the mountain from our previous journey this morning, just in time for episode three. Courtney, Hello. welcome to the show. Hi. It's so good to have you. Um, I can't remember exactly when we connected the first time. It must have been like May. Maybe? It was in May. It was mm-hmm. April or May, sometime around then. Um, and it was just kind of like happenstance. Like we just coincidentally started talking yep. and it worked out that we could meet up and do something. And then we met up again in the Tetons mm-hmm. later, what was that, August? Yep. Um, and here we are again. You're back in Salt Lake again. I am. So we are happy to have you here and have you on the show. I think having you on will be a good kind of twist from what we the normal people that we will end up talking to a lot on the show. Mm-hmm. Primarily because you are not a photographer, like a lot of our friends will be. Um, but you also have some more unique stories and a, a, mm-hmm. a journey that you're going through that most people don't have. And so I think it'll be fun that we can get to share that story on the show. Um, first off, I'd like to have you introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of how you got to here. You don't have to go into great detail now, but let's just hear about who Courtney is. Yeah. So I am from Massachusetts, um, born and raised there my whole life. I moved into my van almost a year ago, um, last November, 2021. And, you know, I went to school at University of Rhode Island. Um, I studied fashion merchandising. Don't know if I'm ever going to do anything with it, but it's nice to have. It was a great, you know, great four years um, there. I worked in retail for most of my life um, up through 2020. And then from there, I really decided that the van was my goal and my dream. And so I left retail. I started nannying, saving up, and here I am. Awesome. So. Um, let's start with why were you interested in the fashion side of things and why were you going to school Mm. for that? Honestly, it was one of those things that I just, I just always loved. I loved dressing up. I loved getting creative with my outfits. It felt like a way that I could express myself without having to speak or to talk or, you know, do anything, um, really. And yeah, it really just was like my creative outlet. And I loved helping other people, you know, feel good in their skin and what they were wearing. And it's kind of crazy because I feel so far removed from it now. You know, I spend most of my life in leggings and T-shirts and that's about it. But um, but I really do love it. And, you know, from time to time, I love like going and picking out a cool outfit and finding a cool spot to go shoot in or, you know, do something um, creative like that. Do do it a little different than what I normally see on Instagram. Um, but, yeah. And so the retail experience mm-hmm. that you had working, mm-hmm. it sounds like that was the last job you had before you, well, besides nannying, yep. before you really decided you wanted to, basically, well, I guess what I would say is, change your entire life path in a way what about the retail experience turned you off about it (laughs) um there was a lot of things um you know it started to get 
superficial for me. It didn't feel like it, it didn't inspire me um, after a while. It didn't drive me. I wasn't excited to be at work anymore. I wasn't excited to help customers and you know that's what retail is um it's all customer service and i just i wanted something more i wanted something more authentic and more real for myself and i didn't exactly know what that was um and it was in 2019 i went on my first backpacking trip in peru and after that i was just like this is what I need to be doing. You know, like this motivates me, this inspires me. I saw a whole different way of life than what I was living inside of a mall. And I just, I just wanted to get out and do something more with my life. And, you know, as a career, I still don't know what that is. Um, but a career is not really my goal right now. So. Gotcha. And so I think the big question from that is, how did you discover the van life thing? And what about it caught your eye to make you want to switch out of what a lot of people would consider maybe a normal kind of life and career path mm -hmm. into what you're doing now? Well, I studied abroad um, in 2018. And after that, I knew I had to travel. Like, I s still wasn't super outdoorsy, I guess you could say, like I am now. Um, but I just knew I was like, I just need to travel and go places and experience new things with my life. Um, and so when I got back, I still had one year left of college and my parents were like, yeah, you're finishing college. I really just wanted to quit and go start traveling right away. But they were like, you're not doing that. Um, so I was actually with um, a boyfriend at the time and we had kind of talked about like going and doing our life in a van and, you know, all of that. Um, long story short, obviously that didn't work out. So I said, F it, I'm going to do it for myself then, you know. Um, so I graduated college and it took me a while to figure it out and to be like, yes, I can actually do this on my own. I, you know, I'll do what I have to do to get there. And it wasn't an easy <laughs> um, few years, like figuring all of that out. But yeah, I just, I don't know exactly what it was about the van. Maybe it was like, it just seemed the easiest way to see as many places and to travel what I wanted and to have that like sense of freedom that I felt when I was abroad, essentially. Um, so I think that's what really drove me to it. Right. And talk to me about the process of getting slash building out a van. What did that look like for you? So I bought my van built out. So okay. I, um, my mom was actually the one who found it um, on a website and it was right in Boston. Um, this woman actually, she was out traveling solo um, on her own for a few years and she wanted to downsize her van. So she came, she was from Massachusetts. She came back to Massachusetts, um, had someone help her build out the van that is now mine. And they ended up, the person that helped her build it out ended up getting married. They had a baby and they were like, well, we're not going to be, f three of us can't fit in a little van. So they ended up selling it. And it was just kind of like fate because she was supposed to go back out solo. And, you know, she's a young girl in her twenties and I'm a young girl in my 20s and 
So it just kind of felt like it just all lined up. Um, yeah, it kind of got passed down yeah, from one yeah. to another with like almost the same purpose at the same stage in yes. life yep, as well, exactly. which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Now, your van is not huge mm -mm. by any means. No. Nope. Like I can't imagine what that would be like living in that full time on the road. Yeah, it's – um. Well, you know, I don't know any different. I don't know what it would be like being in a big sprinter van or being able to stand up or, you know, <laughs> I can sit really comfortably in it and it's great. Um, and I love it. It's, it's home, honestly, you know, like even I've been here the last week um, staying with a friend and after like maybe four or five days, I was like, I kind of want to be back in my van. Like, I don't know. You just miss it after a while, but the space doesn't bother me. The size doesn't bother me. Um, granted, it's only been 11 months, so we'll see as I continue on. But I think for anyone that lives in a vehicle or a van, like, it's really, really important to get out of it at times, you know, even if it's just for a night. It makes a big difference. Um, and I'm very fortunate to have a lot of friends that I've met along the way that, you know, let me pop in and shower, sleep in a bed or whatever it is. And I think that has really helped me, like, be able to live in a small space like that. Um, but Do you spend a lot of time or at least some time when you're not out hiking or mm -hmm. doing anything like that and you're not driving elsewhere, just hanging out outside the van, pop up a chair or a hammock, whatever that is? Sometimes I, I have a very hard time just sitting still sometimes. So I feel like majority of the time I find myself out hiking or, you know, if I am hanging out by my van, I feel like I'm doing yoga or like doing some sort of movement or activity. Um, but I have been learning and getting better to just chill some days you know and finding a nice camp spot out in the middle of nowhere and putting my chair up reading a book and that's my day some days you know um yeah it sounds it sounds like a pretty good life yeah it sounds like at <laughs> least at least like a good vacation for mm -hmm. a lot of people mm -hmm. um you said you try to get some yoga practice in yep. once in a while at least what is that like? Because I know I've seen you do a little bit of that outside as mm -hmm. well in whatever place you're in at the time. Mm -hmm. um, what is it like doing that outside and how, how does that connect you to the outdoors? It's a different experience doing yoga on your own outside. Um, I mean, I'm someone who came from a very much of a studio background where I was just so used to going to the studio all the time and being surrounded by so many other people and, you know, being in a hot room and some days you're outside and I have like my fleece on and gloves on and I never pictured myself doing yoga with a fleece and gloves and you know, like all decked out. Um, but I feel like it has connected me to the earth in a different way. Like I feel, I don't know, I just feel closer to it when I'm practicing outside and you know, like teacher I don't know if you've ever done a yoga class but no. um <laughs> but you know teachers will say things like reach up to the sky or like you know fold down to the ground and I'm like oh I'm not looking at the ceiling I'm actually looking at the sky you know and it it just brings a lot of gratitude I think into my heart to be like oh wow I can do this and I can do it in these beautiful places surrounded by 
whether it's red rocks or mountains or, you know, in the desert, wherever it may be. Um, so it's just, it's really nice to be able to just roll out my mat anywhere and do it whenever I want. Yeah. And if I were to say maybe like a feeling that you would have when you're doing that is that you feel like you are in the place that you should be at that moment, would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, c- I could see how that would work especially yeah. because you're going a lot of places. A lot of times you're alone, but yep. you are kind of having a moment of reflection mm-hmm. in a way when you're out doing that stuff, um, just like a meditation practice would yep. be as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another question a lot of people would want to know, and I think it's maybe the first thing that a lot of people would think about when they think about van life, mm-hmm. is where are all the cool places you've gone? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so many. Too many to count, honestly. Um you know, I was thinking the other day, since I'm coming up on a year, like, of all the places that I've gone this year, and it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Um, I kind of didn't realize how on the move I've been over the last year. Like, I really haven't stopped much. Um, there's been maybe, like, a few weeks here and there where I've stayed in a place a little longer, but um, I've really just been on the go. Um I think some of my favorite places um, have honestly been some of the national parks. Um, like Yosemite was hands down, is hands down one of my favorite spots and will forever will be. Um, the Tetons as well, the, like those mountains are just so magical. Um, I didn't want to leave there when, you know, this summer. Um, and I really loved Washington as well. I didn't get to explore too much of it, but I um I did the enchantments hike while I was there and that was like a whole other world. It felt like I was just transported to a different planet for a couple hours, you know. Um There's so many, so many places that I don't know, you just got to get out there, you know. Like if you want to see cool things and experience cool things, I feel like you really just got to start going and meeting people cuz you know, I started with the national parks, like that was like my thing. I was like, I want to go visit all of them. And I've done pretty well so far. Um, But until I started meeting people that could, you know, tell me like, okay, this national park is cool, but like, go check this little place out, you know? Um, And those are kind of like the places that really, I don't know, you're just like, when you get there, you're like, oh, I was like meant to see this, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And I want to backtrack really quick. Mm -hmm. So you've only been doing this for about a year. Yes. Right? And so you started, what, is that late 2020? No, 2021. 2021, right. So you started late in 2021. Yep. Where was the first place you went to? Because you were living in Boston Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. So your first trip out of Boston, where were you like, I need to go? Um, Well, my first stop on my trip your, fir- your, your first destination that you were heading towards. Okay. Um, well, my first destination was actually my friend's house in New Jersey, um, <laughs> which was fun. Um, but then after that, I went to Shenandoah um, National Park, and that was pretty awesome. Um, but my goal was when I first left Massachusetts, I really wanted to just get to Sedona. I went to Sedona um, on a trip by myself early, um, 2021 in February. And I just fell in love with it. And I left after I was there for maybe four days and I left and 
I just, I was crying the whole time because I was like, I just need to be out here and I need to be doing, you know, what I want to do. And I was like, the East Coast just isn't it for me anymore. And so I took about like two or three weeks um, to drive out from Massachusetts to Sedona. But that was like my first big stop. And it felt like a coming home, you know. Yeah, and Sedona is a really cool spot, mm-hmm. so I can't blame you for yeah. targeting that yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like to go to a lot of the national parks. Mm-hmm. How many of them have you been to? Forty-five. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. What are the ones you haven't been to? At least like the general areas. Um, Alaska, Hawaii, um, down in Florida, and Michigan. Gotcha. And so yeah. you already said Yosemite and Tetons were two of your favorites. Yep. Can we fill out a top five? Top five. Ooh. Okay. So Yosemite and the Tetons. Um, Carlsbad or Carlsbad Caverns, um, which it may not be like the most like wow kind of park, but I had never seen anything like that, like in my whole entire life. Um, so when I was there, I was like, this is incredible. Um and I love that. So that would probably be in the top five. Um, let's see. It's like when you ask me this question, all of a sudden all the national parks just you can't think leave of my head. <laughs> um, I know I'm going through like California. Um, I really loved um, Arches a lot. I just love that area, like the whole like Moabi area. Mm-hmm. Um, that was amazing. And probably the Grand Canyon, you know. That's a I classic. Don't, yeah. And, like, part of me didn't really want to say it because it is such a classic, but it's a special place. It's a special place, you know. And I got the opportunity. I hiked down um, into the canyon by myself last January, um, and it was it was great. It was just so cool. And just to see something so vast like that, it's just – I've never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah, I, I feel that way a lot about places that we go to as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned like it's a special place and there certainly is a very real feeling when you go to these places mm-hmm. that it's hard to explain what it is. But, you know, you're like, oh, it's cool. It's otherworldly. It's spiritual in some sense. Um, but everywhere you go, a lot of these national parks are that way too. Mm-hmm. You get in there for the first time and you're like, this is amazing. And that's a feeling that I think a lot of people, they don't get until they go the first time. Mm-hmm. And then they get hooked, probably like you yes. did. <laughs> um, now, with you going to all these national parks and living in your van, mm-hmm. are you staying inside the park when you go? Um, sometimes. I mean, I do everything I can to not pay for camping. Obviously, that's part of why I think anyone would go live in their van or car. Um, but... You know, during the off-season, sometimes there's spots you can just find and huddle up and no one really cares, I guess. Um, But I feel like majority of the time, I tend to stay a little outside the park. Um, There's usually more BLM land um, around it than obviously inside of it. Um, And yeah, so I would say more often than not, I'm outside of it. But here and there, I can sneak in. Gotcha. And so for those who don't, no, BLM is the Bureau mm. of Land Management. Mm-hmm. And on their lands, pretty much camping is allowed 
almost anywhere you want. You yeah. know, there's some restrictions and, and rules you have to try and follow. But yeah. um, how are you going about trying to find those lands? Are there good maps people can find online? Like, what's the best way for people to do the same kind of thing mm-hmm. you do when they're planning trips yeah. or vacations, whatever? Um, I first of all, Google I have learned has every single answer that you could ever need. Um, maybe not every single answer, but yeah, if you want to find free camping near literally anywhere, just type it into Google. Um, and you'll either have blogs or, you know, um, it'll bring you to an app or something. I tend to use iOverlander and Free Roam. Those are both apps that I love and they work really well. Um, and everything that's always been on there has, I don't know, I guess fulfilled its purpose. So that's usually my go-to. Yeah. And being alone out there doing van life, mm-hmm. do you ever get worried about the places you're staying? Is there any kind of security issues that you've ever thought about? Honestly, no. I've never really felt unsafe or scared, um, you know, in terms of being alone and sleeping by myself. Um I mean, I do think it's important to be very cautious, obviously, and know your surroundings and not just kind of, you know, be whatever. But um, no, I've never really felt scared or that like something was going to happen. There's maybe been one or two nights out of the almost year I've been out where I've maybe been like, "Mm, maybe I'll just move my van a little bit or like, you know, like something. But it's never been that big of an issue. Um, but I think as long as you're aware of, you know, where you're going and what you're doing and who's around, um, that's the most important thing. And and maybe like, if you do get a feeling that you should move, be ready and okay to move. Yes. Like don't just sit in that and be scared or Mm -hmm. worried all night. Yeah. Like it's okay to take care of yourself and and find some more comfortable Mm -hmm. places to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of it probably also has to do with the people that you know, or you might be hanging out with, you know, because yep. I think it's a really interesting, um, you know, difference between what you do and what we do a lot. Because most of the time when we go out, mm-hmm. we're with a bigger group, yep. at least four or five people, and so we're never going out in the middle of the desert alone. Yeah, we always have, you know, a little posse that mm-hmm. we're running with, and so that part of it makes the whole camping in strange places a lot more comfortable because. Yeah. You're with other people, mm-hmm. but you don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know from when we've talked before, you have met tons of people mm-hmm. out on the road, whether they're doing van life or people like us. Yep. Um, what is the best way to strike up a conversation with new people? Like in person? Sure. Honestly, I feel like most of the time... I mean, I don't want this to sound weird, but I feel like most of the time, like people come up to me and will be like, oh, I want to see your van. Maybe because it's smaller or whatever. They're just curious about what it looks like. Um, So I feel like if you ever want to, if you're out by yourself and you want to just kind of like, you know, spark up a combo, like you could be like, oh, like, are you out here full time? Like, are you just traveling? Like, where are you from? You know, Um, but for the most part, when I'm out, I feel like when you're camping, a lot of people don't intermingle, um, which I'm fine with. I definitely consider myself more reserved anyways, so I, I like my space. But um, when I'm out on the trails, it's so easy to, you know, meet people. And I've 
you know, had a two second conversation with people on a trail and then we end up doing the whole hike together. And then we are friends and, you know, we're talking through Instagram or keeping in touch. Um, so it's, it, I feel like it just kind of happens organically. Like even with you, like I just happened to be in Salt Lake city and I, you know, just happened to DM you. And then we were like, Oh wait, we're both here. Like right. let's do something, you know? Um, and I honestly feel like since I like met you in the bushwhackers, like I've really just kind of started like following a lot of more of those people. And then when I go places, I can reach out and be like, Oh, I know you're in Colorado. Like, would you want to meet up while I'm out here, you know? And, um, so Instagram is definitely, definitely, I feel like the best way to kind of connect with people when you're by yourself and you're living on the road in places that you don't know anybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the main tool we use mm -hmm. and we've met darn near everyone that we do anything with through yeah. Instagram. Even me and Chandler have met through Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also like you're saying, if you're if you're following other people you end up seeing mutual contacts yep. in places and even if you've never met you it's a lot less weird and it's less difficult to mm -hmm. just randomly reach out to someone to see what they're doing if you can maybe tag along yep. and start that relationship mm -hmm. in a way um, in doing so across this last year have you ever gone back and met up with people that you've met in other places before yes uh can you tell me what that experience is like have you reached out to them like hey i want to come back and see you guys or did you just randomly meet like what's a good story you have about that good story i i feel like you know they're like like a place like salt lake city for example like i definitely didn't think it was a place I would want to go to and truth be told the only reason I came here the first time was because I had to shower and <laughs> it was the closest planet fitness to where I was so I was like okay I guess I'm going up to Salt Lake City and I'm gonna go shower and you know I'll figure it out from there um but you know if I didn't meet you while I was here who knows if I would have come back type thing you know um I definitely feel like there have been people I've met in like random sort of place, you know, that weren't really on my radar that I wouldn't go back to. But now that I know that they're there, I'm like, Oh wait, like I will go back and visit them, you know? Um, but I'm kind of on my second lap. I feel like around like the West coast right now. Um, you know, I did so much traveling in the like late winter and early spring last year. And then, I was back out east for a bit this summer. Um, so coming all the way back out here at the end of the summer and early fall, I feel like now I'm kind of going and making my rounds again. So I'm just starting to kind of like see my friends again and like make like reconnect a little bit, um, which is really fun. But it's also weird, you know, because like I haven't seen some people in like six or eight months and I'm like were we really only friends in that one moment? Like, you know, yeah, like a lot can change, you know? Yeah, yeah. A lot can change in that time. I mean, we, I don't know what, four months in between when we first met and when we did Tetons, mm -hmm. but we were like, it was great seeing mm -hmm. you again mm -hmm. for that first time. We did more hikes up in yeah. the Tetons and hung out, but I can definitely see how not having a ton of that time 
in between when you yeah. see people, yeah. especially when you're talking about all around the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may not be able to get back to the East Coast very often. Yep. And when you're out there, you may not be able to get back to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And so there's a ton of people who you are seeing maybe once a year. Yeah. And a lot can happen within that one year. Yep. That maybe it changes the relationship, maybe it doesn't, mm-hmm. but who knows. Um, can you now go into a little bit about some of the pros and cons about van life? And let's start with the pros. What are the pros. best parts about van life? The freedom, for sure. Um, being able to go anywhere, anytime, essentially. Um, I mean, you know, some weather constrictions for me at least um, during the winter, uh, but definitely the freedom is a pro. Um, Getting outside of your comfort zone, for sure, like on every level. Um, I never would picture myself DMing people I don't know and asking them to go on a hike. You know, I just, (laughs) that is not something I ever pictured myself doing. that is definitely a pro for me. Um, and I just, it's a different way of living. And for someone who is like, I came from a retail background, my life was fashion and I had a full closet of just stuff. And, you know, when I moved into my van, I sold probably close to 500 pieces of clothing and yeah, Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot. It was a lot. Um, And so, like, downsizing and realizing, like, this stuff just isn't important for me, you know? Um, And I feel like it's really helped me kind of, like, reprioritize what is actually important. And in doing that, I feel like it's kind of helped me figure out, like, who I am more and not so hard to like an identity um yeah I would those are the pros gotcha and let's flip to the other side now what are the downsides of van life because I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. when they see whether it's people like you or anyone else doing the van life thing Mm -hmm. they think either it they're like I don't know why I'd ever do that or two they're like that looks amazing but like everything, there's going to be negative aspects to it. So yeah. what are some of those negative aspects that people don't see on Instagram? It's hard. Living in a vehicle by yourself is hard. Um, and I think, you know, just things come up. And I think that's, for me, has been like the hardest part is like, you know, yeah, every like things happen in life, but when you're also living out of your vehicle and like that is your home like things happen and you're just like well okay like three days ago my van decided to break down at like 10 30 at night and I was very fortunate that I had friends in the area that could help me out and I have AAA that could tow me and I was in a safe space and I had service but I've been in situations where I haven't had service and I've been in a sticky situation or You know, like there's some nights where you wake up or some days you wake up and you're like, okay, where am I going to sleep tonight? Like, what am I going to, you know, there's like certain things you have to think about that, you know, if you live in a house and, you know, you don't have to think about those things. Um, But like overall, 
like negative points to it, I just I feel like there's not a whole lot. It's just it's just a different way of living. And I think I was very ready and like mentally prepared for that. And I wanted that, you know, I wanted a simpler way of life. Um, but, you know, that might not be for everybody. Um, but I would just say the hardest things is like really just learning how to go with the flow and like learning that like you can't control things sometimes and things just happen and you're just kind of like, okay, it is what it is. And, you know, especially if you're not working or you're unemployed and, you know, these big things come up and you're just kind of like, okay, that was like my month's expenses I just spent in a day on my car, you know, um, like those things are kind of harder to deal with, but I wouldn't give up, you know, any of that stuff to go back to a different life. So I'll, I'll take it all. And along those lines, you just mentioned work and mm -hmm. income. What are you doing for work while you're on the road? <laughs> uh, at the moment, I'm not working, um, but I've done just sort of like a lot of odd jobs, I guess you could say. Like I've door dashed, um, I've dog walked, I've house sat, um, I catered for a bit this summer. Um, I've sold some stuff online. That's, that's it. I didn't really want to be working full time on the road. Like I didn't want a remote job. Um, that's not, I couldn't sit in my van on a computer, you know, that's just not what I want to do. Um, but I'm now at that point where I'm like, okay, maybe I just get a seasonal job and you know, I'll work for a little bit and then go out and travel and adventure more. Um, but it's different for everybody. And you know, so many people are like, you should just be a photographer and do it. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. So, um, I don't know. I'm just kind of figuring it out right now. And, you know, but I don't have like a full-time job. So that's great. And I think you touched into a little bit there of how I want to segue into the next segment that we, I want to talk mm -hmm. about. And that is you are not doing this van life thing as a photographer, like mm -hmm. a lot of the other people that we know, you're doing it more so because you just like being outdoors and traveling. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very fascinating because you're not doing it with a plan, an agenda, mm -hmm. you know, trying to make a name for yourself necessarily off something like mm -hmm. photography, like a lot of us yeah. do. You just want to get out there. Yeah. And so I want to ask you, what is it about the outdoors that attracts you? Everything, everything. I So I mentioned earlier, I went to Peru um, in 2019. And if anyone listening has been to Peru, I'm sure they would say the same thing, but it is a magical place. Um, so one of my friends that I used to work with, she was going on a trek to Machu Picchu. And I had never hiked at this point. I didn't even own a pair of hiking boots. I you know, as a fashion major, hated the thought of wearing hiking boots. So I was like, like, just so it was so out of my zone. Um, but I decided to go, I was like, I'll give it a shot. It seems cool. Like, why not? And, you know, I, I trekked for six days to Machu Picchu. And it, it just something happened there that I can't explain. Um, and I was like, this is just what I need to be doing. And I think you know, I was not in the best mental place at that point in my life. And I think when I went there, just 
everything fell away. Like every worry, every anxious thought, every anxiety, you know, just, it just went away. And I was like, wow, I want to feel that again. You know, like I want to feel invincible. I want to feel like I'm on top of the world and nothing else matters. And I just started getting into hiking and it's, not always like that, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like every hike is the best hike ever. And, um, but I think that's what keeps me going back is like, it's just the place I can go and just let go of everything. Yeah. Know? And be free. Kind yeah. Of in a way. Yeah. Now, when you came back from that trip, mm-hmm. um, you know, up until that point, you really didn't care at all for the outdoors. Mm-mm. But when you came back living in the Northeast, were you suddenly like, wow, there is so much around me that I never realized. Yep. Yeah. And like, where was the first place, if you can remember, that you wanted to go when you got back? Oh. I think because I had just gone to Europe at that point and I was still kind of like all the cool stuff is outside of the country. I still wasn't really that fascinated with the U.S. itself. Um, I really wanted to go back to Italy and like do some hiking over there. Um, That obviously hasn't happened (laughs) yet, but um, yeah, that was that was really high on my list um, when I first got back. Now, maybe the answer is Peru to this question. Mm -hmm. But what place would you like to go back to the most? Yeah, probably Peru. Peru? Yeah. Um, was there a specific thing in Peru that you liked the most, that people should go see in particular? Um, the llamas. <laughs> just the llamas in general. Um, no, Not a landscape, well <laughs> just, just the llamas. Machu Picchu was incredible. Um, I mean, if you... Like, I feel like if you're going to go, you got to trek it. I mean, you know, like, it was kind of funny because we had just, you know, been in the mountains for seven days. Like, we're all gross and, like, walking up. And then there's all these people just taking the bus up. And, like, no judgment or anything. Just seeing the difference of, like, we just worked our butts off for seven days to get here and there's people just coming up in a bus and you know just like seeing the difference was I don't know it was kind of crazy um but we also went to um I might butcher the pronunciation but Huacachina which is like the desert oasis um it's actually not really close to Machu Picchu at all but it's beautiful out there it's just like sand dunes all around like you feel like you're in some mystical land and then it's just a little oasis at the bottom and you know there's not much to it you only need a few days there but it was it was a beautiful beautiful spot and so you're kind of hyping this place up and i'm sure it's amazing Mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's not because i've seen pictures of peru Mm -hmm. so i'm sure it's great but a lot of these times when we build some a place up in our heads it Mm -hmm. doesn't live up to expectations Mm-hmm. And maybe the best context for this question is in terms of national parks, because yeah. it's easier for a lot of other people to think about. But what is a place that did not live up to your expectations? People are probably going to hate me for this, but Glacier. Really? Glacier National Park didn't do it for me. Real? No way. That's my favorite park. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what what is it about Glacier that you did not like? I don't know. I don't know what it was. I was there... Shortly after I saw you in the Tetons, and... Wasn't there construction there? Like, big construction there when you were there? 
Um, there was, it was but around it, that time. It was yes, but it wasn't like it didn't hinder my experience. Okay. Okay. Um, and I don't know, maybe it was just because I loved the Tetons so much, and then so I went there and just I don't know. But it was also every person that I had talked to leading up to Glacier was saying how incredible it was and how amazing. Yeah, I it was, was one be. of those people. Yes, and I just got there and I wasn't. I didn't have that feeling that I got like when I saw Yosemite for the first time or when I saw the Tetons. It just, it didn't light up my soul. And I was like, okay, I could, obviously it was beautiful and I loved the hikes that I did and, you know, but it just, it didn't do it for me. I can't believe that because I was probably telling you how great Glacier was mm -hmm. while we were in Tetons. Yep. And Tetons are my number two park mm -hmm. and Glacier is my number one. Mm -hmm. And you go there. And you do not feel the same nope. at all. Nope. I find that amazing. <laughs> like, I can't imagine how you could go to somewhere like Glacier and just not. I, I genuinely thought something was wrong with me. I was because so many people were like, oh, if you love these places, you're going to love Glacier. And so I was like, heck, yeah, I'm going to love Glacier. Like, I just had it in my head. And then I don't know. I got there and I was like, I would be OK not coming back here, you know. But I do want to go back because I'm, I'm hoping that maybe it was just the time of year or whatever space I was in at the time. It just wasn't doing it for me. But that that's just hard for me to believe. I, know. I mean, I I know I so I went there. Um, this was the late summer of 2021, and the weekend I went, it was overcast and rainy and foggy mm -hmm. the entire weekend. We had for the three days I was there. We had maybe 15 minutes of sunlight. Wow! Like there, we did not have a great view of anything. Like mm -hmm. even up on going to the Sun Road, we could hardly see the other side of the mountains. Mm -hmm. But I knew that this was the place. Yeah. And so I can't imagine how you go. You have, I'm assuming, decent, at least decent weather. Yeah. Yeah. And you just don't have that kind of experience. No. Nope. No. Nope. Th that's amazing. Yeah. Um, did you do a lot of hiking there? At least. I did a good amount. I did a good amount. Yeah. Um, is that a place that you would like to go back to to do more hiking? And maybe that would change your mind? I think if I'm going to go back to Glacier, I'd want to go on like a backpacking trip, okay. you know, and like kind of maybe stay more in the backcountry and get that kind of experience from it. Because um, it, it was kind of like the same with Yellowstone. Like I got, you know, so many people hyped up Yellowstone and I didn't feel it. I was like, I'm really not impressed with this place. And I think maybe if I experienced it in a different way, like did something a little different while I was there, um, like immersed myself a bit more into the environment, then maybe I'll have a different, a different feeling for it. See, so there's something I can agree with you on. Because I've been to Yellowstone mm -hmm. twice, and it is beautiful, mm -hmm. but... I think that one, especially like from the road and even maybe doing a couple hikes, it it's hard to really get into, yeah. I think, because it's not like it's not amazing. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. But in a way, it's almost, you know, especially like compared to Tetons, which are right yeah. next to it, it's you don't notice it as much as you would Tetons mm -hmm. in a way. Um, but I say the same thing about Yellowstone. I think Yellowstone would be amazing if you could take more time and really dive deep into the back yeah. country, of it, especially if you can have like a guide. Mm -hmm. um, so you can really see the park for what it is and have that full experience. Um, 
what is a, one of the parks that you've been to that you are most dying to go back to in order to do more hiking and exploration of it? Yosemite. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I went there for the first time in March, um, so a lot of the things were still closed. Um, and then I went back again in maybe, like, mid-April, um, and that's when I did Half Dome, which was incredible. But, again, I would love to go and, like, backpack for, like, a week there or, you know, just do something. Um, I feel like there's so much to explore there, and especially when you go – you know, higher up and in the back country, like I just, I couldn't imagine what it would be like. And, and in backpacking, would you, is that something you would do alone? I want to. So since Peru, I haven't been out backpacking, um, which I really want to do this summer, just time and you know, everything, it didn't align. Um, but I would totally go out and do it alone. Maybe not for six days, at least to start maybe a night or two. Um, but yeah. But, I totally would. but you do at least a decent amount of hiking mm-hmm. alone, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what is that experience like? Because there's a lot of things that could happen mm-hmm. on a hike. You could run into weather. You yeah. could run into wildlife. Like, what is the experience like doing that alone? And maybe you could give us some advice on how you could be a little bit more safe in doing so. Yeah. So, I, it's weird because I'm never nervous when I'm out by myself like I'm never on edge um doesn't mean I'm not prepared or you know like aware of things but you know I get this question a lot of like you're going out there alone like what are you doing and I'm like I just don't feel scared like you know weather can be unpredictable um but I always have like essentials in my backpack I always have you know gloves a hat raincoat um I feel like the bare minimum, at least. Um, uh, what else did you ask me? You know, like, <laughs> like what about like running into wildlife? Because that's oh, another factor. Um, yeah. So at least like when I saw you in the Tetons, I never carried bear spray, and you know, um, after that though, I did go out and <laughs> yes, buy some I, bear I spray. I brought the bear spray that day. <laughs> um, but again, like you know, like we saw moose today on our hike, and. I wasn't scared that they were going to come. You know, they're unpredictable. They are wild animals. But I also feel like if you're giving off the energy of, like, oh, I'm scared or, like, they're, you know, they can pick up on that. And at the end of the day, we're in their territory. So I just feel like being smart about it and keeping your distance um, – you know, when I was in the Tetons one day, I was hiking by myself and I came around the corner and there was a bear literally probably three feet in front of me. And I was like, oh, OK. And I just started backing away and he just looked at me and I was like, OK, like we're going to be fine. And then he just he just waddled off. And like that was that. And I was like, OK, that wasn't that bad. And yeah, I know. I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have bear spray on me either at the time. For um, those listening, don't take her safety <laughs> advice because yeah, you I was going to say spray. I don't know if I am the person to go to for safety tips. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just never have felt like that is really something that I need to be like so worried about. I mean, you need to be cautious about it, but it's also like the bears in that you're going to see on trails 
you know, around the Tetons and stuff are different than bears you would see out in the wild, like back country of like Montana. Um, so I think it's like kind of knowing where you are and just like knowing, I don't know, just being aware and honestly just for lack of better terms, not being stupid and just being prepared and knowing like, okay, if I see a bear, this is what I do. If I see a moose, this is what I do, you know? Um, and just don't get too close. You're in their space, you know? It's not, you know, it's their home, so. Right. There's a lot of good resources online that yeah. you can find. Yeah. You know, what you should and should not do yes. around wildlife. And like mm-hmm. you said, too, it's about being respectful mm-hmm. of their territory, their home. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you encroach upon their space, they might react in a way that yep. you're not going to be happy yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, The consequences totally. of that. Um, but as long as you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. generally you should be fine. Unless you run into a bear that's three feet in front of you. That would yeah, be terrifying. Yeah, it was, it was a little scary. Um but it was actually on the way down from like my one of my longest hikes ever and I, it just took me so by surprise and in that moment I was like okay well if I go out this way then like I guess it's kind of epic you know like I'm in the Tetons and like <laughs> whatever not the be- worst way to go out um how big was that bear would you yeah, say it was kind of smaller like I don't know it kind of looked like a maybe like a teenage like ish age-ish bear um, gotcha. and give it um i think you may have told me at least the location was that in cascade canyon yes going around yep yeah. um which is a f- great hike if you have time to do it and you're up there mm-hmm. um i've done at least part of that when mm-hmm. i was really little but it's yep. beautiful in oh there. it's so stunning um and uh i think one of the uh the cool things about running into wildlife is because a lot of people don't ever have those experiences on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. we get a little bit more of that because we go out a lot Mm -hmm. and we go to all these places somewhat frequently but you know before i moved out here i'm sure the same way for you being in boston like there's no bears around no you know there's no no moose i've never seen a bear yeah there's there's none of that wildlife Mm -hmm. i mean we were doing a show the other day with bryce and he didn't know what the difference between a moose a caribou and a deer was Mm -hmm. and it's like you know, a lot of people don't have those experiences, yeah. but when they have it for the first time, it is kind of like, it, it's a life-changing type of thing. Yeah. Because suddenly they realize like, wow, there is other things out here. Yep. And if I'm not careful, it yep. could go bad. Yeah, um, totally. But it is something that a lot of people should learn mm-hmm. how to deal with. Um, what I'd like to get into next is our trip this morning. Mm-hmm. So you've been out here for a week or so. We did something earlier in the week. Um, and this morning, um, on Sunday, we went up and did a hike in Big Cottonwood Canyon. And I would like to hear from your perspective, because I was there. I have my own mm-hmm. perspective on how mm-hmm. everything went down. Mm-hmm. Could you give us a rundown of our journey, our trek this morning? Yeah. All it was the details. a trek. It was a trek. Um, so when we got out there, it was snowing when we started um and there was there was a decent amount of snow already on the ground um yeah probably like like four or five six inches yeah. on the ground at the base of where base, we started yeah, yeah yeah um and i was mentally preparing for worse so, so was when we got there i was like oh yeah like this is fine like i can do this easy breezy um I'm not a huge fan of the cold. Like, I really, I don't like being cold. I don't think anyone likes being cold, really, but I really do not like being cold. Um, the snow and, like, adventuring in the cold weather, I'm always, you know, iffy on. Because um, once you get cold, sometimes it's hard to warm back up. But 
no, for the first like mile and a half, two miles, I was like, okay, like this isn't bad. And then out of nowhere, it just seemed like the snow intensified by like five. Sure and um, I was like, oh, okay. So now my boots are soaked. My pants are soaked. Um, I can't feel my toes, but like, it's okay. You know, like I was kind of just really excited to get up there and to honestly be doing that because I don't know anyone that knows me from back home. Like I would not, I would not go out and willingly be like, yes, I'm going to go hike while it's snowing in a foot of snow. You know, um, that's just like not really something I'm used to doing. Um, so for me, it was going out of my comfort zone and it was doing something that I wouldn't normally do. Um, which for me is always, you know, always makes you feel good. Um, but I loved it. And I feel like, you know, like the clouds were going in and out over the peak this morning. And from a photographer's standpoint, I can see how that's frustrating because we just hiked up for like three hours um, in and out, you know, like trying to like go see this peak and get like some cool shots of it, like first so of the season. And then we get there and you know, the clouds roll in and the peak is not there and it's freezing. So you don't want to take out your camera or whatever. And I can like see how like that is so frustrating. And sometimes it makes me very thankful that I'm not a photographer necessarily going out for the shots because, you know, you can't always control what it's going to be like. Um, and there's been so many times I've gone on like a sunrise hike and then there's no sunrise. And I'm like, well, well, that was, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, when we got there, I, it was, it was incredible. And I was like, wow, I kind of can't believe I just hiked for the last three hours, like in these conditions. But then I was ready to go down. I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to just get back down and get my hands warm and, you know, be warm and not in these wet clothes anymore. Um, yeah, it, it really was incredible. And we really were ready to <clears throat> to get down yeah, pretty much yeah. right when we got up there <laughs> yeah. because of those conditions. But I will say I do have um, something about you, what you just said that I agree with and something I disagree with. Okay. One was those conditions were amazing to shoot in. Mm. Um, but two, there definitely are times where it is way too cold to get your camera because mm. I was that way this mm -hmm. morning and I passed up a sh a, what would have been a phenomenal shot because I simply just did not have it mm -hmm. in my body to take that camera out again. Um, but I think what you just said there too about do setting your expectations for what you're getting into mm -hmm. because you know I was going up there hoping that I could get a great shot but when I was up there and my hands were freezing and my fingers were basically falling off mm -hmm. um, you know I suddenly became okay with not getting the shot mm -hmm. and just being happy that I was there and I think what you alluded to is that same feeling it's mm -hmm. knowing when you're going and doing something like that it really is primarily about enjoying that experience and anything on top of that is simply yeah. a bonus for sure um now i do also notice that you left something major out about our journey this morning oh um particularly the few the moose, the moose <laughs> that we ran into can you yes. tell us about that experience and what it was like to suddenly come upon them yeah no that was really cool um I mean, I didn't even notice it until Kai was like, oh, there's a moose right there. And we we're all like, oh, okay, there's a moose right there. It's like 15 feet from us. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if that. And 
then all of a sudden we all like look over and we're like, oh wait, there's another moose right there. And then, you know, Kai's getting all close to him and he's like, oh, there's a third moose right here. And we're like, oh my gosh, like, okay. The moose are multiplying. Um, yeah, seriously. Um, no, that was really cool. That was really cool. And, you know, that first one was blocking the trail for a few moments. And it was kind of like what I was saying before. It was like one of those things, like we're in their territory right now, you know? And so we're just going to stand here and watch. And if he moves, which obviously we hope that he does, cause we want to continue up. Um, great. And if he doesn't, I guess we just have to stand here and wait, you know, like it's, it was a really cool experience, you know, just to kind of, I feel like seeing animals out in the wild like that and just seeing them in their natural way and their natural habitat. And like, and it's also, it was interesting that they weren't bothered by us. Like we weren't, we weren't being super loud, obviously, but we were talking and they could probably hear us coming. Yeah. And you know, and they just weren't bothered. They were like, okay, they're doing their thing. We're going to stay over here and do our thing. Like, let's just, you know, kind of keep the distance and that's it. I I think it really gets back to what we talked a little bit about earlier and that's being respectful. Mm -hmm. You know, we obviously were not paying close enough attention to see the moose in the middle of the trail Mm -hmm. as we're going up. But once we did, we realized, okay, we have to be very careful. Yeah. And we backed away. We gave it space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't cancel our hike. We didn't start going back down yeah. then. But we gave it some time to see mm-hmm. how it would play out and, and make sure that we were at a safe distance. Mm-hmm. And once it got away or got off into the bushes a little bit, we realized, okay, we could safely get around the trail yeah. and continue. But we didn't force it. We let it all happen. And we made sure that we were being mm-hmm. safe. So I think it's a good lesson that yeah. people can learn. Yeah. Totally. From that experience. Um, now, this morning was a journey. I mean, it was a journey and a half. <laughs> yeah. It was something else. And when I initially invited you mm-hmm. to come do that with us, I think I just told you, hey, we're going to do sunrise. Mm-hmm. There may be snow. And for those who don't know, this was literally the first snow of the year. Like, it snowed Saturday night, mm-hmm. maybe like a foot up in the mountains. And we had more this morning. And there was no one out there. We were the first mm-hmm. ones to be on this trail in the snow, which was a great experience. But I invited you out there basically knowing you were going to say yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there was no doubt in my mind that you were ever going to say, nah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, I knew you were coming. Mm-hmm. What about that whole experience, the opportunity to have that? Like, why did I know you would say yes? Because I'm me. I mean, I'm not going to say no to an adventure, you know? And I mean, I like to think that I do, like, I push myself out of my comfort zone for sure. But when other people, like, are going to put an offer on the table like that, like, I'm not going to say no. And I don't know. I just, I also, I love hiking by myself, but up until this year, like I haven't really hiked in like groups and stuff like that. Um, and it's been really nice hiking with other people, you know, sometimes. And like, it's different. It's way different hiking solo than it is hiking in a group, um, for so many reasons. And uh, it was just, it was a great experience. Um, and I just, I felt very like welcomed and very like, I mean, I've said it five million times, but just like push past my comfort zone. And, you know, and I don't know if anyone in the group knew that, like going into it, but I was like, this is new for me and this is different. And, 
but I'm not going to say no, you know, I'm not going to say no to a new adventure and a new experience. And it was really cool. Well, hiking in the snow, at least like that, is probably a new experience for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Most time you go, the snow's going <laughs> to be packed down. It's a mm-hmm. little easier, but we were really trudging through. And, yeah. And that was, yeah. that was quite something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that is a great place to finish today. I mean, mm-hmm. we were very happy that we could have you here in Salt Lake and have, and have you on the hike with us this morning. Thank you. Um, you're always a welcome guest here in Salt Lake. Um, but before we end, I want to ask you a question mm-hmm. that I think could maybe help people understand what van life at least does for people, and if not, maybe what it could do for them if they think it's the right thing mm-hmm. that they should get into. And that question is, in what way has van life changed your life the most? I think it's just shown me what I'm capable of. It has put me in positions that I never thought that I would be in, that I never thought that I would have to, you know, sit there and figure out a solution to a problem. Um, But I don't think it's necessarily the van. I think it's the traveling, Um, you know, and for people out there that like just want to travel or be a nomad in whatever way that looks like, I honestly think it's the best thing you could do for yourself. Even if you do work a nine to five job and you travel once a year, you know, like that it's just getting out of your comfort zone and getting, I don't know, just seeing new things and experiencing yourself in a different way. Um, yeah, I just I never thought that I would be doing half of the things I'm doing right now if it weren't for me deciding to go and live in a van. Um, so just I've seen myself in a new light and in new ways over this past year. And I'm just kind of like, damn, what else can I do? You know, it's it's really eye opening. Um, and I feel like until we go out of our comfort zone, we like don't really realize like what we're capable of or who we could meet or connect with and what we can do. And yeah, that's been, that's been the best part for me. That's amazing. And we're very happy for you, Courtney. We're very happy that you are part of our Bushwhacker family. I'm happy to Um, be here. Where can people connect with you and what kind of plans do you have coming up here in the near future? Um, I am on mostly just Instagram. Um, it's just my name, Courtney Heseltine. Um, I'm also on TikTok, sort of, kind of. Uh, So if you want to follow me on there too, you can go for it. Um, I definitely don't post as much on there. Um, And I am looking for a spot to just kind of cozy up for the winter. Um, I'm thinking down in Arizona, hopefully. Um, But, you know, I just, I kind of go with the flow for the most part and figure things out very last minute. So it could change, you know, from now until next week even. So we'll see. But definitely somewhere south and a little bit warmer. Well, after being in the snow all morning and into the early afternoon, the beach Mm -hmm. also would sound really nice right now. it would. Um, Well, thank you so much, Courtney, for coming on. Thanks for having me. And for everyone listening at home, you can find this show on YouTube at our channel, uh, Bushwhackers. Uh, You can also find this on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for audio-only listeners at Bush Talk. So, um, Courtney. Thank you so much. It's tradition Thanks. that we cheers the pink oh, juice okay. at the very end. You saved just a little bit. Right. 